the beginning. Okay, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Okay, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Adaptations Podcast, where each week I bring on guests of mine who specialize in some form of fitness or, I don't know, work in fitness. I, I, again, I haven't nailed that down. That's probably going to transition over to something different because eventually we're going to migrate over from fitness to just general conversation. But each week we just have a guest on, have some conversation. Hopefully it'll enlighten you and inspire you to get involved in fitness or make some change in your life. Um, today I have a special guest of mine, a colleague, a friend, Brandon. Hey. Where am I? Dory. <laughs> <laughs> well, you found me. I'm here. Wait, now. so what's your... Uh, Dory, that's such an interesting last name. So is that... Um, I'll look for that later. Where'd you guys come... Uh, is not I was gonna say where'd you guys come up with that as if it was like something you came up with yeah. but it was definitely passed down I think it's Scottish Scottish I have a lot of Scottish heritage yeah yeah somewhere in there I don't know we've my dad has done that like um uh what what are those like um ancestry.com oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes yeah and so you would be able to like go in and see you know what our ancestry is and I think he's gotten back like pretty far um but I don't know yeah it's definitely like Scottish okay I don't know where from what is he what, what is well your dad you haven't done it yet so is this from your mom? It's my dad's side, yeah. He, dad's he, side. My grandpa was like super into like getting ancestry stuff. And so he literally had a suitcase of just like papers of like mm. going back generations of, of, um, you know, just trying to keep, I guess, the memories alive of like great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, great-great-great-grandparents, like all the way back, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And I don't know how far it goes back, but basically my grandpa had like this suitcase of like just information. And my dad took that, put it in Ancestry.com, so now it's all digital. And then my dad also used Ancestry.com to like do his own digging. And um, yeah, I haven't talked to him about it actually too much. Dude, that's he, awesome. Yeah, but, it, but I think some interesting things were found. I Have mean, you ever we, gone through it? Not really, but I know that there's like some like deep Scottish stuff in there, like going back to, have you ever seen Braveheart? No, no, no. Well, the the, the back, I, I don't know when this was, like a, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there was some like pretty significant battles between like Scotland and England, like Scotland trying to like gain independence from England and stuff. And so there's a bunch of rebellions and there's this guy named William Wallace who was like this big fucking huge jacked. Scott would just fuck up English guys and that was but what Braveheart is based off of is that dude who like led this rebellion it's fucking sick but I think we I think he's tracked to that era of having like like warrior genes and it's fuck it's sick dude that's just so like cool these Scottish dudes in kilts who just you know fighting for their land how does that make you feel like having that blood run through your veins you're definitely it definitely makes you a different beast in the same animal yeah. at the same time. Yeah, honestly, I've thought about that, and I think um, like a meditation that I do is like a, a power meditation, like a strength meditation. Not necessarily necessarily physical, but I think physical like comes into that of just like feeling like the power within me, and kind of the the visuals that come up are like like barbarian Viking sort of like big strong muscular mentally strong men and like that's like the the visual i have in my head it's like just gives me this sense of power and so yeah i don't know if that's i don't know i don't know if that's just me you know just looking at people like that and like that's sick and maybe i'm i'm molding myself with the long hair and big muscles off of like that yeah reality, but but isn't it kind of isn't it 
cool isn't it great that we don't live in those times anymore where at any given moment a tribe of warriors can enter um, and rape and pillage your mm. village you know just <laughs> kill us all all the men dude, dude but kill dude, us i don't all. live in like a day like that now just just very yeah. directly right you know right not on the surface but same sort of thing just more on the top like yeah great like i don't want to say more grave scale but i suppose in a way yeah it's an atomic like you know with the whole thing going on with uh the whole tensions being developed with the united states russia china north korea even within um, industry um, and stuff like not even like just i don't know i don't know what direction we want to take dude we're taking this any direction you go <laughs> but um just that the i mean living in like a capital capitalistic society of where you know where everything is is um you know uh, created every uh, growth of like our society is like based on like you know the growth of the market and the growth of like big business and stuff and like basically being like slaves within that idea you know it's it's we're all kind of just sheep following along like a, a, a path of of who knows what that is being controlled by by the top and it's it's yeah you know our our barbarians coming into our homes and raping our wives and killing our children no luckily but you know are we you know are people spending 60 years of their lives in you know these stressful states of having to go into work at 5 a.m and leave work at 10 p.m. and doing that day in and day out just to feed their families and live in this constant state of stress. So, I mean, when it comes down to like the the bare bones of it, I mean, stress is stress, anxiety is anxiety, and how that manifests in different ways is has changed. But it's it's the same sort of fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I it, that br- that makes me think of this conversation I was having with Matilda the other day. We were talking about, um, yeah, you know, once you're in a relationship, we're 26, 20, turning 27. Um, at this age, my dad was, I think he was having his second child. I could be wrong. Um, but he definitely already had his first. And I think during that era, during the time that he was growing up, a lot of his peers were having babies. So a lot of 20, 20 to 30 year olds were having babies, but I don't see a lot of my peers having babies right yeah. now, you know? And I, I think the general um, consensus is to wait on having a baby. Yeah. And the scary part about waiting to have a baby is as you continue to wait to have a baby, because you want to wait for the right time, you want to wait for a sufficient amount of money in your bank account or to be in a better position, you realize you have more liberty because your money isn't going to $30 diapers, $40 diapers. Your money isn't going to babysitting. It's not going to all these other expenses that a baby incurs. Um, and so you have a little extra money because you're making big boy money now, as opposed to when you were in high school and college and you were broke. So you travel, you buy nice things, and then you, you, know, you post it on social media and people see you with those nice things and then they themselves want those nice things. So then they work. They don't really want the baby yet. And it's kind of like a cycle of influencing each other. And then ultimately you get older, you know, maybe you're 35, 40, and, you know, just the idea of having a baby is kind of spooky. And so I think the majority of us don't really want to have a baby. I I think ultimately it goes into not wanting to have a baby at all. It starts with, I don't want to have a baby right now. I'll have a baby later. But then I don't think 
will ever have a baby and that's pretty much okay. And I think Japan is actually facing that issue right now mm. where they're severely underpopulated. Um, I was actually speaking to somebody the other day and he was telling me how their economic, um, and actually I was reading an article today where um, Japan was actually changing the way that they deal with econo- the economy because of their inflation, um, because of their financial, ah, damn dude, I can't really recite this very well, but all I know is they're going through a lot of shit because they're severely underpopulated. Their economy is being affected. And regardless of how much they, oh, that's what they're doing. They're going to be start raising interest rates soon, which is something that they haven't done. Mm -hmm. Um, So in an attempt to smooth out the economy or improve their currency, they're going to start raising interest rates. However, a colleague of mine that I was speaking to the other day said that it doesn't really matter because there's such a huge underpopulation. There's not enough money, enough people around to s- help circulate that money. Yeah. Um, and so there's like, I think there's like a huge shift in our society and the way that we view the world. And that's going to impact just other areas of life, the economy, um, social norms. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think to myself, is this it? Like, are we, are we slowly like dying off? Like, are we kind of like <laughs> yeah like we're not we're not really pop you know like Elon Musk talks about how he's populating the earth he's doing his part of populating the earth with 10 children yeah. and so there's I feel like there's something that they know that we don't know or something some figures that they're looking at that we don't get to look at dude maybe yeah maybe I have no fucking idea have you thought about having a kid yet yeah definitely I mean you're that's, married that's already you're yeah. Already, yeah. you really just have to have the kid I guess <laughs> I mean, it, we're we're enjoying life as it is right now. Yeah, I think that's that's. You know, we have a dog. We have a big dog. We have a big dog who has big problems, and I think yeah. that's like we've had him now since we've been married for five years, um, and it's kind of showed us the from like a very small perspective, I guess, like the responsibility required to like literally raise a being of some sort and um and it's a lot of work it's yeah really, it's a lot it really of, is it's a lot of work and and i think now at the point in our lives we're both you know very motivated by our careers um wanting to you know, continue to to enjoy the time we have together mm-hmm. continue to travel continue to do things that i think having a child or multiple children would make it more difficult to do the things that we're currently doing now. Um, and we're just like not at the point where we're ready for that. Yeah. Granted, um, when when is that? You know, when is the right time? Is there ever a right time? To yeah. And I think that's kind of the, the, the thing we've been running into. Yeah. I think for us, uh, we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think we want to look for financial freedom to some extent. Um, And when we say financial freedom, it's just more so of being able to, you know, buy a trip without having to think about budgeting, Um, go out to eat every day, which it's funny because I say I call that financial freedom. But in reality, that's like a luxury. Mm -hmm. It's a luxury that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people in other countries don't have is, oh, you know, our biggest problem is what are we going to eat today? And Uber eat. Just click on the phone and order it. I think that's our threshold. Once we get there, then we'll consider having a kid. But at the same time, Matilda isn't on any contraceptions. And I we don't use contraceptions. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of have that on our side where if it happens, right? Yeah. I keep it, you know? <laughs> wow. Well, like, okay. I, I think that's that's another reason why a lot of people uh, do not have kids is because, you know, there's IUDs, there's right. pills. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some method to control male reproduction systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A vasectomy. A vasectomy. Um, so for the most part, people have to make a conscious decision, like, okay, I'm going to go through this process and I'm going to, get this removed or get this changed. Yeah. I'm gonna stop taking these pills or whatever. It has to be a conscious decision. As we're for Matilda and I, it could just be an accident. Yeah. And we'll just figure out how to deal with it. Damn, is that, is that, has that always been the case? Yeah, yeah, she's au natural. Is there, what, what's the, uh, what's the, I know this is getting pretty, pretty Let's get personal. deep, man, yeah, let's get personal. Uh, but why, why, like why, uh, why not? So for her, and I think there's a lot of women out there and I don't want to speak on behalf of other women because I'm a male and, you know, I have no right. <laughs> I'm a male. Uh, but for her, her reason is that she wants to, she doesn't want to like alter her body. She's very, <clears throat> I want to say self-aware of her hormones okay, and how they play a role in her body. Mm -hmm. and she just doesn't want to mess with it. Mm. Just plain and put, there's yeah. a lot of science, there's a lot of research just yeah. done into these things that won't harm the body, that won't yeah. affect it. So that, that actually might be good for hormonal balance. Yeah. But in her situation, she'd just rather not deal with it. She wants to take it more of a holistic approach yeah. where she would rather just focus on the nutrition, mm. which is eating, exercising, you know, do it, do it in that as like as natural as, pro as mm. possible without the intervention of medicine or mm. modern medicine, should I say? Yeah. Hey, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, so you know, we're in that position where we yeah. could just potentially have a kid tomorrow and... <laughs> Does that bring you anxiety? <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes I think about it and uh, a kid wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad. Like, yeah. I think I'm not opposed to having a, mm. a child. Like now? Like now, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like it's like having a dog uh, when we got not like having a dog at all, but uh, sort of, yeah, we yeah, kind of say it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a big responsibility. It's another life you're taking care of. The only difference is that this living being is going to develop a consciousness of its own that's going to go out and make mm -hmm. decisions mm -hmm. that will either improve society or demolish it. Yeah. You know, um, so there's that pressure, and yeah. who's going to be to blame? The parents. <laughs> <laughs> True. So we we have uh, yeah. So like the way that we got dogs our two dogs we have two dogs uh Kavipu and a norwegian account mm -hmm. was very impulsive so in a way it's very similar to if we were to have a kid we were, it wouldn't be planned it would just yeah. be something that happens yeah. and if it were to happen we just roll with the punches and that's kind of how we've dealt with life our entire lives we just roll with the punches yeah. figured it out one of my favorite models to say is let's see what happens yeah you know i don't I, I think too often we live a life in fear so my favorite phrase to use whenever fear comes knocking is let's see what happens yeah let's find out but, um, I think that's a really healthy way of approaching life. Yeah, yeah. We're trying, man. We're trying. We're trying to get through life. And uh, that's also part of the reason why I want to, what is something I really want to talk to you about is just, you know, you're a very spiritual guy. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of conversations around spirituality. So you mentioned you meditate. You mentioned that. Now, have you, all, what drove you to be spiritual? What drove you to this? And, and again, it, it is a personal question because oh, obviously. I'm going to get, I'm going to get super personal. Let's fucking go. Nice. I love it. I love a man who's not afraid to get vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So, um, why did I, how did I become spiritual? So I, I grew up, um, 
Protestant. My mom was, my dad was, never went to church, but my mom was always wanting uh, my brother and I to go to church with her every Sunday. And we went to a Presbyterian church in upstate New York, and that's kind of what we did until I graduated high, sc- yeah, high school and went off to college. Okay. Um, and But my relation, and so, you know, I went to Sunday school. I went, I did, you know, all of like the, you know, good little Protestant boys do. I, you know, went to Sunday school when I was really young. And, you know, we, as I got older, we began to not go to church maybe every Sunday, but maybe once a month. And then it began to fade to maybe just on the holidays and stuff like that. But I was always the type of person to go to church and just like not pay attention. I would get bored and like start fucking around with something and my brother and I would start giggling and then we would turn into a whole like let's try not to laugh in the middle of the church and then that would make us want to laugh even more so basically a lot of not paying attention right um and you know I I my relationship with God was it was very superficial I think I think I was like "Eh, I'm I'm Christian. I'm going to go to heaven when I, as long as I don't kill someone, I'm going to go to heaven when (laughs) I, when I, when I grow up or when I, when I die and you know, that's okay. But I, but I never necessarily even understood what that meant. You know, that's just something that was told to me and something that I guess I wanted to believe in. And there you go. My boxes are checked. Um, in 2018, um, a year after I graduated college, I, um, I, was in a job that I hated. Um, I hated my boss. I hated everything about the job, and it was not. It was in economic development. I I was, uh, yeah. I was just very unhappy, and um, and there was a lot of other things. Like I was, I was, I wasn't healthy. Like it was a year after I graduated college, and there was an opportunity for me. I played soccer all my life, so it was an opportunity for me. And I played through college as well, and. Um, and so when I graduated, it was like, okay, like I'm just going to unplug from everything. I'm going to stop exercising. I'm going to stop eating well. And because I'm an adult now, I can do what I want. Well, doing that for a year and a half, being in a job that I hate, I became very, just a very anxious person. And it was January. Uh, I actually, yeah, I believe it's it was January 21st. 2018 I had a like well I should say I had an episode where I my heart started palpitating like really bad really it was one night and Caitlin and I were together and I my heart just started palpitating really bad I was in the bathroom looking in the mirror and all of a sudden it's like boop, 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 like really like I just sprinted fast and I was like okay and I started just feeling like I literally thought I was having a heart attack so Hopped in the car. She rushed me to the ER. We got a bunch of tests done. Um, and um, there was you know, the doctor, you know, they put me on an IV thing and put some shit into me to lower my heart rate. My heart rate was at, when I got there, it was nothing crazy, maybe like 130, which is high. But it's I was going to say, for doing nothing, that's pretty high. Yeah, it's high. But it's not like, I, I think like it was, it was probably, a resting heart rate. I, resting heart rate. I was lying down. It was 130. Yeah. That's still pretty high. It's high. It's high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they put some shit in me. I, I it went down to like 90, 80, back to normal. Um, and the doctor was like, "I think you have trachycardia or something, or whatever the whatever the heart high. I forgot what the name of it is. Um, it's like a, a disorder, I guess, where your heart rate just like randomly like spikes up. Um, Crazy. And, and you're supposed to like kind of get on some um, 
beta block or beta somethings. I'm, I'm forgetting the medication, but they prescribed me some medication. I never took it. Um, and I basically went after that, went four months of just f- having this like overwhelming feeling of like existential dread. Like I just felt like I was dying and I was like, what is this? Like, what is happening to me? And it was the first time in my life where I was just like, I was just stuck in this like dark, very dark place. And I stopped going to work. Like I would call in sick like every day. I ended up getting fired from my job. I was basically stuck in bed a lot of the times just with this just blanket of just darkness that that has that had gone over me. And that lasted maybe uh, three months. And um, between that time, like I was going to different doctors, cardiologists, like trying to figure out what was going on in my heart because there were like episodes like this that would maybe happen maybe between that time, maybe once a week, like my heart would would just start really palpitating and I would just freak out and it wasn't good. And I went to this one cardiologist. Finally, it was he was apparently like best guy in the area something. Um, finally got in with him and he looked at like all my charts. Like I had done like eight EKGs and like Mm -hmm. gone through like the whole, like, you know, normal, like heart stuff to make sure that I don't have some sort of disease or something. He looked at all my paperwork in like literally like three seconds. He walked in, was like looking through it, looking through it, looking through it. And he was like, you're stressed. (laughs) And I started, I literally started crying. I started crying and it was just like this, this wave of like relief that came over me. And, um, cause I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not dying. Yay. But um, like, it might be something a little bit worse. Cause yeah. the fuck am I stressed about? And that's just the beginning. Right. Um, and, and this is, yeah, this is, this is a long story. So, so oh, bear yeah, with keep me going. here. Yeah, um, please. So, so yeah. So I, I called my mom and I was like, Hey, you know, I just talked to the doctor and he, he said, I'm just stressed. And like, that's like, what's causing like this, this anxiety and, and stuff. And you know, it's, what's causing, you know, I'm having panic attacks. That's what's causing this like spike yeah. in heart rate. Like there's nothing physically wrong with me other than, you know, me just having anxiety and being stressed. And I never really knew what that was. Like I was always a very active person. And so I think, you know, not being active, eating like shit, being in a job that I hated all combined to, and, and also smoking a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. I, I left that piece, piece out. I was smoking a lot of weed. Every single night I was coming home smoking. I was lying to Caitlin about it, um, that I was smoking, and that was causing its own issues. And so mm-hmm. I think that perpetuated the issue for sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, so so... You know, then I started feeling a little better. I, I started like running again, kind of, maybe like a mile once a week, like not much. Got married that summer. Everything was good. December 11th, 2018, the same thing happened where I got this this big overwhelming feeling of heart racing, palpitations, like big panic attack that, that I now n- knew what that was. Um and after that, same thing the next day, I woke up, blanket of darkness. I felt just like like I was just being bathed in this like evil darkness of some shit. And um, I went online and I looked up how to not feel like that. I, I don't remember what I, just, I literally like Googled some something. And I went down a rabbit hole of like, 
looking at like mindfulness practices to help you manage your stress and whatever. And I was like, okay, this is stupid. Like I always thought that was some like hippie shit. Like I, 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 I never respected like anything that had to do with like meditation, mindfulness or anything like that. And then I ran across this podcast called Mindfulness and Spiritual Awakening by Mary Jo Puglio. Okay. Uh, yeah. And changed my life. Started listening to that podcast. And it was, I started from like episode one and I don't know how I found it, but I, I just listened to the first episode and it really began to open my eyes. And, th- and by the way, Mary Jo Puglio was this, like businesswoman turned spiritual teacher because she went through a lot of the same sort of shit, like had a lot of anxiety and depression and shit, and then began to explore like what spirituality meant for her. 10 years passed, she went to school for it. She became like, literally became like a shaman and then started a podcast and wanted to share people, her experiences and like books and stuff that she reads that like helps her. And she had clients and stuff too. She did like one-on-one tutoring or not tutoring one-on-one like counseling with, with people as like a life coach. Um, and she started this podcast. Um, and the very first episode, it's, I, I can probably find like, what was it about, but it, um, she she first started talking about her experience through depression, anxiety, like she was suicidal and I never got to the point where I was suicidal, but um, it was, I, I could see how people get to that point. I'll put it that way. Um, and she began to like explain these things in a way that, that I think would allowed me, I was in a place in my life where I was, where I was very open to new information because of the anxiety, because of the depression. And I later thinking back, realize what that blanket of anxiety or blanket of like darkness was, was depression for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and so like she was able to explain things in a way that, that, that really resonated with me. And then like, I would just like, for me, like when I'm, when something is like very profound and my brother does the same thing, my mom does the same thing. When something's very profound to us, we, we get very like emotional, like we just start crying. You know, and, and so like when any time like there's something that very profound happens to me, I just like I literally just start crying. Like it's just very moving to me things when, when I think my I'm able to be open to new information that comes in and it sort of like really resonates. And so like that first episode, like I was literally just crying through it because I was like, oh, there's like something more to this universe that we live in, this existence. And so from there, I, I listened. She had like maybe five years worth of podcasts that I listened to all the way through like three different times over like a year period. And through that, I began to learn, started reading books that she recommended, like really started getting into uh, Eckhart Tolle, who is a mindful or a, a spiritual teacher. He's really big on present moment. His book is The, um, the Power of the Now. The Power of Now, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's big on being present. Um, and so like just diving into that world really just allowed me to, and being open to that information was important because like, I, I think, and this is like what Mary Jo's Pilio biggest thing is, is like, if you're not open to new information, it's not going to resonate with you. And so I was at a point where I was extremely vulnerable and I allowed that information to, uh, absorb and allowed that to integrate within my life. And that, that, that was like the beginning of, yeah, of my spiritual journey. 
Yeah, I think you hit a really major point there. Um, you know, uh, my therapist called it the Roaring Twenties. Our twenties mm-hmm. are really hard in that we're trying to figure out where we're going, where we're going to end up at. There's a lot of pressure on us to really figure that part down. But the part that I think about is when you're in high school, when you're in middle school, you're thinking. Let me even go further back. Mm-hmm. When you're in kindergarten, you're thinking about grade school. When you're in grade school, you're thinking about middle school. And when you're in middle school, you're thinking about high school. When you're in high school, you're thinking about college. And when you're in college, you think about the job. Then you get the job and kind of stops there for a lot of people for a lot of us um and for most of us it's a job that at least for me especially i don't know if it happened to you but it was like pretty much a decent paying job and it was available Mm. and i was like i I need a job Mm -hmm. i'm i've got that fuck it i'll take it um look i was blessed though to have a team that i really enjoyed working with and so if you don't really have a team that you enjoy working with and a manager, an executive, someone that pushes you, someone that builds you up, that tries to teach you things, really like a mentor in a way. He was really like a mentor. His name was Jake Morin. Mm-hmm. He is, he's like a mentor to me um, in my professional career. Um, if you don't have that, then I can see how uh, I think Russell Brand actually put it, not Russell Brand, yeah, Russell Brand put it very well. You end up in a job, you go to sleep, you wake up, you get ready, you force yourself to get to a job you don't really enjoy, you do the work because you don't want to get yelled at, you finish whatever duties you got to do, you go home, you um, take care of home duties, home chores, you try to fill your brain up or fill your time up with things that you enjoy, entertainment, Um, but it's all momentary because then you have to turn it off and go back, do the same thing over and over again. And at some point, Russell Brand mentioned that he had this existential crisis of like, holy shit, is this really all there is to life? Mm. And what a lot of us do is we often tend to self-medicate. Um, and um, I forget who it was. It was like a psychologist who said, you know that study that they did with rats in the 1970s to conclude that cocaine was addictive? You heard of that heard study? It, yeah. Like they would put rats and they would they would put two bowls oh, yeah, of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one was cocaine water, one was regular water. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the rats had the ability to choose and they would always go for the cocaine. Like 97% of the time they'd go for the cocaine water. Mm. So that's how they concluded cocaine is addictive. Bam. Cocaine is addictive. It's a very addictive drug. 97% of the time you're going to get addicted. And so then I think there was like a, a, a psychiatrist therapist, but she conducted a study where uh, instead of putting the rats in a cage, taking them out of the cage and then giving them the two options, she kind of created like this utopia, like this utopia for the rats where it's like, it was just like a big open field. They had nice warm shelter. They could interact with each other. You know, they just, it, it was not everything but a cage. It was like absolute freedom and bliss. Mm-hmm. And then they presented it with the cocaine water and the regular water. And so the amount of times that they went for the cocaine water largely reduced. I think it was something very nominal, something very small, like 30, 50%, which is like like a 40, like, what is that, like 60 to like 40% decrease, mm. indicating that the addiction didn't derive from the actual cocaine itself. It mostly derived from the desire to escape the reality that the rats were currently living in. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very coincidental that we describe jobs working jobs that we hate as being a part of that rat race because then when we're in the rat race and we're feeling like rats in a cage we might tend to self-medicate and i love that you mentioned that you were also an athlete you know you mentioned you're an athlete you played soccer all your life Mm -hmm. right even in college Mm -hmm. and so when you kind of took away the pleasures of life the things that you enjoyed um your body kind of just sounded like it felt 
what it spiritually needed. Yeah. What it was spiritually like. So what are you doing now? Like, do you meditate now? Do you, what do you do now to keep yourself sane, to keep yourself grounded and to avoid having those panic attacks? Cause I'm sure that it's not like it's one of those things that you do it once and it goes away. Is there any sort of regimen that you keep up with? I mean, the, the first one is, and, and I, I am a, I'm a firm believer in myself like with with myself so not not projecting this to others but for myself that I will never be depressed again um like I I will have anxiety I will maybe even have approaching like a panic attack sometimes but I'm never going to be depressed again because I now have I I have a deeper understanding of like what that is for myself and what that is is just you get this in the cycle in your head of of just these stories that you keep telling like I feel like shit like what am I going to be done being depressed like why do I feel this way this is always going to be the case blah 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 and and so once I was able to understand how to be a, a, an observer of that oh, okay. that's when I was that's and, and it took me two years to figure that out um that's when it, and it was literally a switch it was like oh okay that's just my brain. That's just like fucking neurons flying around in my head. And it's my egos wanting to me to stay identified with this physical thing that I am. And it doesn't want me to die. And so it's like, it's, you know, telling these stories in my head to like, keep me locked in. But once I was able to understand how to pull away from that and just observe that, was when things really changed. And so now my, my practice, I guess, and everyone's practice, I guess, could be better. <laughs> I sure. don't I guess, judge my practice, no. but. It's what works my, for you. Yeah, but my I, I try to continue to just remind myself of the observer state. And so that's like, that that is me- what meditation is really. It's It's being able to be, so present in the moment that you're not identified with the thoughts in your head Mm. and that identification of like the the thoughts will always be there. You can't necessarily push away the thoughts. They're going to come in, they're going to come out, you know, quieting your mind for a little bit and then the thoughts are going to come back in, blah, blah, blah. But the identification of the thoughts is the issue Mm. or in, and that's like your identification with your ego is, is what causes the problem. So being able to, observe thoughts going through your head from like a third party perspective is the key. And so I, I feel like I'm now able to do that in, in somewhat successful manners. The, my, my problem is that it only, I only tend to do it when shit's going on in my life that is bad. Mm. And so that's like when I'm really dive back into like being mindful getting into a deeper meditation practice is when like shit start hitting the fan. And so my challenge for myself is, is to be able to just do that all the time, you know, when things are going good and going bad, because like the identification of, you know, the, the judgment of whether like good things are going on and bad things are going on, like there's always going to be good and bad things going on in your life. And so you can't just say, oh, I'm going to identify with these thoughts when good things are going bad and when bad things are going on, I'm going to not identify with these thoughts. You know, that's that's not a that's not really the point, you know. Um, and so for me, um, something that that 
begins to exacerbate the blanket of darkness is like being in the comfort zone and staying in the comfort zone. Um, that's, I, I feel like that's a very dangerous place for anyone to be in, but, but especially me, cause I just get super comfy and yeah. I want to smoke my weed and I want to watch some Rick and Morty and I'm just going to rip my pen and watch Rick and Morty for 16 hours. And then I'm going to feel like shit. Um, and so it's, it's, it's being mindful of when I'm going in that direction. It's like, okay, I need to go for a run. I need to go work out. I'm going to, I have these tools in my toolbox that I can use to help pull me out of this being a fucking lazy shit. And that's what helps me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you made a few major good points that kind of resonate with me is, um, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I talk about like choosing your heart. Mm. I, I talk about that a lot. Uh, choosing your level of difficulty, cho- choosing your own pain, um, the world, life, nature, whatever you want to call it, up above, um, has a funny way of balancing things out. So when you're super elated, when you're happy, when you have so much energy, when things are going great, there's got to be a balance. Mm. That means that something's going to go to shit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like intentionally choose the shit so that maybe mm. the universe won't choose it for me. Interesting. You know, like uh, that's, that's a little like, hack. Yeah, it's like my little <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I think it changes like my perspective on when things are going to shit because yeah. I've developed such resilience. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm the most resilient guy out there. No, I fucking hate waking up at like three, four AM to go to a personal training session at five thirty, six AM. Mm-hmm. That and that I'll never I'll never build up the resilience to wake up at three or four AM and just be okay with that and do it for funsies. I fucking hate that shit. Mm. Um, but if I can do that, then um, I don't know. I, I just, if anything else is harder after that, I'm just like, okay, this is just the same. This is just hard. Yeah. I've, I've done hard things before. I can do this again. Yeah. Um, like uh, confrontation. I hate confrontation. I hate hate confrontation i'm non-confrontational guy Mm. if i can avoid confrontation i will but if i have to confront i must Mm. um and so that discipline that it takes for me to get up at three four in the morning to go to a personal training session at five six i use that same discipline when it's time to confront when it's time to fight for the things that i love fight for the things that need to get done Mm. um so i i think i love what you're doing there and that resonated with me when you said, you know, things that I have to do to get me out of my comfort zone, intentionally yeah. get myself out of yeah. the comfort zone before life comes away and like whisk, like whisks you away yeah. and takes that away. The other thing that really stuck out to me was the fact that you're talking about going to uh, mindfulness and meditation when things are going bad. Mm. I find that very, very coincidental with mm. the fact that we both came from a pre- pre- press. You said you're Presbyterian, right? Yeah, Pres- yeah, we both came from Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find that very coincidental because, all, um, you know, being the good Christians that mm-hmm. we were, I don't know about you, but we started going to church and being heavily involved. My dad had kidney failure. So when we uh, thought that he was out, almost on the way out, when death was upon us and mm-hmm. when things were going bad, we sought after God. And so I think that's a very common place for a majority of us is when things are going bad, yeah. then we seek out for the higher power who has control over things that we do not control. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's, a, that's a very interesting point that is rather natural for human nature. Yeah. Um, so you're saying you exercise, you meditate, 
He still smokes some weed here and there. I actually need to stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like in, in start, the winter stop months. Stop tomorrow. Hard. Stop tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going <laughs> to. Nice. <laughs> or maybe later. No. You don't have to start. Stop today. After this joint. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that I... Th- um, so I actually have a client that I just started working with. He works for one of the largest asset management companies in the world. Um, high stress, mm-hmm. high stress job. And uh, I remember when I first interviewed, I don't know if it has to do with the time that we were, so we usually, you know, we do the onboarding stuff. We talk to them, get to know them a little bit, develop that relationship with them. And the first time we met, it was, it was probably in the morning. So maybe he was sleepy, Yeah. but he just kind of, he seemed a little anxious. He seems like a little like unnerved i guess because he was talking about why he wants to start training why he was interested in getting a trainer Mm. um and then now when he walks into the gym he walks in because he's got a little pep in his step Hmm. a little smirk in his face like ah this is my this is my temple this is my place to be and that's what i love about exercise that i think everybody needs to uh eventually you know like figure out for themselves it's just exercise is good for you not only good for your body good for your soul good for your mind yeah yeah so What's your goal right now? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to put on some size? Trying to put on some strength? A little bit of this, a little bit of that? Add, yeah. I mean, my, my big goal is to reach my genetic ceiling, whatever that is. That's going to be a journey. That's probably a five, ten-year journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like my short-term goal is to just get back into my routine. And I've already created my program for myself. I hadn't, I, I, you, did you remember me telling you I, I had like a wrist injury yeah. maybe like a few weeks ago? Right. Kind of like got me out of the swing of things and uh allowed gave me an opportunity to like become a lazy fuck again and, and yeah I needed to get out of that and yeah so like literally like like next week like beginning well even this week i started but but next week i'm starting that program again okay um yeah man it's to put on muscle continue to put on muscle in the most efficient effective way as possible you have benchmarks um yeah yeah i mean i think that certainly and we have some access to equipment that tells us like how much, you know, muscle we put on and body fat we've percentage we've lost and stuff, which is nice. But, um, I think for me, it's more time. Yeah. Um, so like I, I, I go through like the programs that I have for myself is like a, a 12 week program split into like three phases. And again, we've talked about this, but you know, first phase, six weeks, second phase, four weeks, third phase, two weeks, and started all over again, change up the exercises, change up rep range, you know, load all that stuff. Um, and so each one of those 12 week periods, it's checking in. Okay. Was, did I do everything? You know, Mm -hmm. where am I at weight wise, body composition wise, um, and continued on, continue building from there. Yeah, twelve weeks. Do you have like a method to balance? Um, because you're, you're a trainer too, so you know we're all constantly picking up, dropping clients. Yeah, you know, we just it, 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 for after twelve weeks, after twenty four weeks, thirty six weeks, you know, um, there's going to be new schedules. Something pops up. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything planned out for when those things pop up? I'm just curious. I, not really. I mean, I oh. feel like I feel like if you are well for me, for yeah, me, yeah, if yeah. I'm if I'm since like a probably my top like fitness is in like my top three priorities of my life, like nothing should 
overshadow that unless right. it's like something physical that I get like an injury or something. Right. You know, if I broke my leg, I can't go in and do squats, obviously, yeah. you know, knock on wood that that's not going to happen. But is that what it's mental? Well, this is what... Oh shit. Oh, well, fuck. We're fucked then. Goddamn. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So, but, but I feel like if I'm in the right mindset and in the right routine, like nothing should get in the way of that. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Yeah. You're 26. That means you've got 10 more years. You're going to be 36. You're going to be absolutely jack, rip, 36, potentially a father at some point. No, I'm just fucking around with you. Dude, I'll you probably be, be a father before you do. You could be dead at that time. We could be dead. Physical, our physical body. Oh, so you'll probably be in a different physical body. St- well, who, starting know, who knows? With the new upper body limit. Possibly. And then just starting from scratch, really. Maybe. I mean, maybe we get put into a different dimension that allows us to do you think there's a different so here's my thought process right here's my theory yeah here's my theory yeah my theory is i'm reading this book many many lives many masters Mm -hmm. and in the book Mm -hmm. she is um um it's i think his name is brian waste dr brian race he's a psychotherapist Mm -hmm. um psychiatrist and um he has this client she comes in with severe severe crippling fear and depression mm-hmm. she's afraid of swallowing pills because she thinks she's going to die she's going to choke and die she's afraid of the dark um she has this dream where a bridge is falling on her and it's causing her death mm-hmm. um and so dr brian wise dr wise he is um running all these tests on her all these assessments he can't give her any medication because she just won't take it because she's too scared um but all these tests are just been futile they don't work mm-hmm. so he just finally decides she finally accepts doing hypnosis so they do hypnosis and when they're doing hypnosis she started to describe all these memories because it's typically what you do is you unlock memories that have been shrouded by your conscious so that mm-hmm. you don't relive that moment um so what they did was they did hypnosis and they started unlocking memories they started unlocking a bunch of memories that didn't belong to her and so it's like comes to the conclusion this might be reincarnation she might be reliving the memories of past lives Mm. so as they explore it more and more um he starts believing more and more in reincarnation now again this is guy who's based his whole belief on science he does science doesn't really support this hypothesis except a different side of science a different side of research articles that he dove deep into Mm. and started studying and so anyways my point is my point is here Mm -hmm. i have a point Reincarnation. I was always wondering to myself while he, they're describing these lives that she lived, and in many times, oftentimes, these people live other lives. Why aren't they describing lives in a different dimension? Mm. Why are they? Why are they always describing lives in a different time? Mm. But why are they not like reliving a memory where they have penises for fingers? Mm. Mm. Why aren't they reliving a life? So my theory is, and this is a very unfounded theory, just not based off of any science or evidence or research. (laughs) We can't. We do not relive new lives in different dimensions. We can't be in different dimensions in different parts. We can only relive or be reincarnated on Earth. We are attached to Earth, Mother Nature. That's it. I'm going to say something that might blow your mind. Hit me with it. Um, so there are, have you ever heard of the law of one? Okay. No. The raw material. Okay. This, I, I'm going to fuck me up. After you. Yeah, okay. It's going to fuck you up. Fuck me up big time. Um, but the idea is that, <sighs> dude, I just got chills. 
Um, the idea <laughs> is that um, we, like the, the the goal of being earthly bound conscious beings right now, being in this this third dimension that we exist in right now, is to, for lack of a better term, level up. Okay. Allow our consciousness to our arts, our being, our soul, our, our presence, whatever you want to call it, to, to level up. And, and the, the goal of being within earth is to experience things and to grow in a way that allows our consciousness to level up once we die. And so with that idea, there's like an infinite amount of dimensions. Um, and so a lot of times people are continue to be stuck in this third dimension because they're not able to grow. They're not able to mm. level up within that consciousness. Okay. And so they're having to continue to repeat, to repeat, to repeat, to repeat mm. within this dimension to get to the point where they can level up, whatever that, that, whatever that allows them to do that. You know, sometimes that's, you know... Profound experiences that allows you to to I guess I don't know I'm still exploring this for myself. What does leveling up even mean? But but um, and how what is required to do that? What what is that? Um, but but to your to this idea, I think a lot of people are 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 stuck within this dimension. realm, ah. this dimension, and and it's and it in order to level up, like things need to happen growth needs to happen in a way that allows your consciousness to increase in some way. Gotcha. But gotcha. I, it, these are bad words. Increasing better than is not, not the words I'm looking for. It's just the, the rea it's just a, a thing, you know, it's not yeah. level 256 is better than level three that we're at right now. It's just a different existence. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a wicked way of thinking about it. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, that movie. What was it? Interstellar? Mm. Where he's like talking yeah. through the books. Yep. He's technically in a different dimension. Yep. Except he, and he's in the same time, yep. same place. It's just not able to communicate with the people in that time and place. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's, a wicked it's a wicked thought. Yeah. I, I, um, apparently, Matilda had a, uh, she did the hypno, she did some hypnotherapy. Mm. You know, she got somebody online that she did hypnotherapy with. Oh, no. But she also found uh, Dr. She, think, she thinks, she didn't confirm it though, Dr. Brian Weiss. Or Weiss? I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. If you're, and if you're listening to this, I'm very honored for you to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she mentions that she did do that. She did live a reincarnated life like through her mind. And so I wonder sometimes those dreams that we have, maybe, you know, there are glimpses into the other dimension, different lives. Different times, different lives that we've lived. It, it's wicked, man, right? But until then, until we get to that next dimension, <laughs> I'm going to use every resource I can to be the strongest and biggest, swollest motherfucker in this dimension that I can be. Let's go. Let's go. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get fucking swole, man. Let's be fucking badasses within this dimension. Hell yeah. Pot smoking, <laughs> strong ass, entrepreneurial, like yep. badasses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's pretty chill. It's pretty chill stuff. Um, what do you, um, what do you think about death? Death. Um, I, I always think about this quote. Uh, I forget who said it, but it said is, I will not fear death for as long as I'm alive. Death is not with me. Mm. And if I am dead, then I have nothing to fear mm. because I'm 
you know, and I guess the end of that is just because I'm dead. <laughs> you're already dead. You're already, you can't be afraid of death if you're dead. Because there's no fear in death. Yeah. Um, and then what happens after that? I don't know. I think, you know, Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. Um, we do not identify with our own thoughts. We do not identify with our own emotions. We are not our thoughts. Um, what are we, right? The question of then what is this consciousness? What is this mind? Yeah. I suppose we'll find out when we die. And in a way, I'm e I'm not saying I'm eager to die like I'm suicidal. I'm just saying like, you know, when it happens, yeah. I'm eager to find out what happens. And actually in the book that I'm reading, Many Lives, Many Masters, there's like an in-between where um, the person dies before he gets reincarnated. And that's where she speaks to the masters. Those are the masters. The ones that start talking about how this is an advanced soul. This soul lived on earth with purpose, was reincarnated. Because Dr. Byron Weiss, apparently, his son lived 23 days before he died. Because um, blood was pumping into the wrong part of his heart. And that was something that was reiterated by the patient, but the patient had no knowledge of. So somehow she was able to re talk about this death as if she had been a part of the experience, wow. having never known about this death to yeah. begin with. And it was, a she was quoting where she was speak, the masters were speaking through her. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting because then we talk about, think about, and then I think about religion. I think about, um, you know, all types of religions, right? Um, but mainly Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, where they all seem kind of similar in that you have to live a ceremony, you have to be good, you have to love each other. Mm -hmm. That's the number one rule is like love each other. I love that rule. The second rule is do not, um, oh, praise God. Mm -hmm. Praise those that, your master. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think to myself that all that is doing, that meditation, the book, all that's just doing is preparing us for death. So there's nothing really to fear when it comes to death. Yeah. Although, you know, when someone does die, someone near to you dies, you know, like my grandma passed away like a few weeks ago. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. When we think about that. And thank you. Um, I think about that. And again, I, I wasn't really depressed by it. Mm. I was, I was hurt that yeah. she's no longer with us and I can no longer speak to her. Yeah. I don't, she's no longer available for me to talk to. Mm -hmm. I think of my cousin, one of my cousins, he passed away also. Um, and he, he lived in the household with us. You know, rest his soul. He was a very good person, mm. a very, very good person. He never wronged anybody in their lives. And so I think about that quote where they say, they, they use this dog, so I'm not calling him a dog, but you know, you know the saying of like why dogs live shorter lives than humans is because they don't take as long to learn how to love. Wow, I never heard that. But You've never heard that? I, I love that. Oh yeah, they don't take as long mm. time to learn how to love others, which is why they live a shorter life. Oh. And so... I think of that concept being applied to Marlon, you know, the good ones die young. My cousin Marlon, he, he you know, he, he, I was always thinking about how he was just a good person, never hurt anybody. And, you know, he had a very rare disease that um, one in 10,000 people had. It was like a nervous system disease where like his own immune system was basically attacking his nerves, like his, his central nervous system. Yeah. So he started going blind in one eye first and then went blind in both eyes and just went through this whole shit. Like doctors didn't really know what was going on with him for a while. Um, but I think to myself, he really is in a better place because now he's in a place where there's no pain, there's no suffering. Mm -hmm. 
he is and i think of that quote of an advanced soul because i feel like he was an advanced soul Mm. and so again i i don't get depressed with death i don't get sad about it i don't really ponder it anymore i just think to myself it will be a different experience it will certainly be something that i I at least hope that i can remember this consciousness it's like the whole thought to myself like the belief like can you remember when you were three uh, glimpses i guess do you even remember like oh like existing like no do, do you remember how you got here oh yeah. this moment like you have a general idea yeah, 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 yeah. but you're not really like reliving that moment right. back to back uh, to right, back right. like the way we're living this moment right, right. right it's now just a figment of our mind it, in a way it's not a figment of our imagination it's just proof that we can use to show that we've mm-hmm. gone through those experiences mm-hmm. but besides that it's just living up here it's in this head mm-hmm. and so when we die those memories technically go away mm. and so that's pretty much the way i see death is we just lose those memories I, I, and i think that's why what eckhart Tolle kind of entails is when you that's why you are not your memories you are not your thoughts mm-hmm. you are not your emotions because when you die you lose all of those anyways yeah. and you move on to the next level or to the next life yeah. or whatever it might be yeah. um and up until then just be a good person yeah. don't be such an asshole to people that you're like sharing this earth with mm. you know love each other be kind be respectful um but at the same time, the way I see it is, if I'm going to be living on this earth, I want to live good too. I want to eat good. I want to wear nice clothes. I want. There's there's no reason why I shouldn't, you know, just completely live my life like not enjoying those delicacies of life. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Right? No. Like you could do both. I no. think you could do both. You I could think, be good and live good. Yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> right. So you know, I'm here hustling. I'm grinding. You know, I want it. I want. I want the nice stuff, but I don't want to those things at the expense of other people's happiness right. and stuff. You know, I don't want others to suffer because I want to be happy. I feel yeah. like that's just a very terrible way to live. And I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand people who can live like that, who can cause suffering and live joyfully knowing they've hurt other people. Joyfully. Hmm? I don't think you can live joyfully like that. Right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they're not happy. No, I doubt it. It kind of makes me think of, um, you know, just people hurt people hurt people. I've heard of that. You heard of that saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So if people are ever causing you pain, ask yourself why. Maybe they're just hurt. Maybe they need a friend. Yeah. But it's hard to do when they're causing you pain because your defense yes. mechanisms go up. It is. It's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gone through ego death? No. What's that? I don't know if I'd have actually. I, Maybe. What is that? It's um, maybe I did. It's, it's it's like a it's it's experiencing death, like it's 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 uh, it's experiencing um, detaching from your identity, Jorge. It's it's a de- being able, it's detaching that um, from that experience. Um, Oh, yeah, it's, 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 I, I, I think I know what you're saying. So it's like, let's say for example, confrontation again, I hate confrontation. You have to confront somebody. Mm-hmm. They're saying some hurtful things to you. I think it happened to me earlier today. Mm-hmm. They're saying some things that are triggering, not really directly hurtful, mm-hmm. but in a way a little triggering, like it's mm-hmm. causing some discontentment and mm-hmm. it's sorry for me. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to say something's back mm-hmm. that'll cause just as much pain that mm-hmm. they're causing me. But I become a little self-aware. Yeah. I become realizing like, huh, 
I'm just getting my feelings hurt right now. Mm. Why are you hurting my feelings? Hmm. And should I respond back? Should I reciprocate the same type of like pain, mm. discontentment, anger? Um, is that is that kind of like what you're talking about? Um, I think that's like approaching that for sure. Okay. But but I, how I've experienced it is, and how I've I've heard it been experienced, <clears throat> is going through it like literally dying. No, sorry, not <laughs> literally, yeah, not yeah. literally dying, but dying in the in that your your everything is your entire person the, the entire who you are who the, the 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 personality the identity that the character that you have created for yourself in these past 27 years of your life goes away and you are just pure experience and oh okay yeah and and so like you know you can get this through you know taking High levels of psychedelics, you can get to that point by being in a deep meditative state. You can go that through having like a e- extremely traumatic something happening to you. Um, but it's a very, it's very scary for your ego to feel like that's about to happen. Because what your ego wants is for you to be identified with your ego your ident your ego wants to feel like it is the one that is in control when in reality what your ego is 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 the just the thing that allows you to operate within this reality who you are what your essence is is just this 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 ball of energy that is within you some people call it the soul some keep people call it divine light some people call it whatever but it is every it is this everything it's the love it's 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 not you know this thing in your brain that is telling you how to operate um and i've gone through that like a few times and going through that has made me realize that my biggest fear my biggest fear is dying yeah yeah really yeah have you meditated a lot like in my life? Yeah. 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 You ever heard of saying that meditation is just preparation for death? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of spooky. That's why right? I do it. Kind of spooky. Yeah. It's just nothing but everything. That's why I asked. Yeah. So is your fear, what is it about death that scares you? Losing control. Okay. Losing control, I think, is is like maybe deeper than that. You ever gone skydiving? No. You ever gone deep sea diving? No. Hmm, what else? I think deep sea diving would be terrifying for me. You think so? Yeah. It is, in a way, uh, I haven't gone skydiving. Mm. Deep sea diving is pretty cool. Mm. Like open ocean deep sea diving? Yeah. God damn, I've had nightmares about that. It's fucking spooky. It's spooky in a way, uh, at the very beginning. You know, you're hyperventilating. You're like, okay, I can't breathe. I can't and breathe. And then what happens after that? And then you start to think to yourself, okay, I, I can't breathe. I'm going to die. Oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Okay, if I don't, if I don't, if I just breathe, I won't die. If I just, oh, if I just breathe, I don't die. Mm. It was kind of like a weird, I don't know how to describe it, but it was just kind of like one of those, like, I'm, I'm like freaking myself out and that. This is coming like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that 
my own freaking out is what's going to cause me to die. Because if you don't control your breathing, you're going to die. You're underwater, for <laughs> God's sakes. You, you don't control your breathing. You are going to die. You have an oxygen tank and you have to really control your breathing. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a, it's like a funny, it's a very ironic cycle. If you don't control your breathing, you're going to die. You're, so control your breathing. Okay. But I can't control my breathing. Yes, you can. You just have to control your breathing. <laughs> So then when it hits you, you're just like, okay, I just have to focus on breathing in and out through my mouth. And you can exhale through your nose. You're wearing like this mask, yeah, but because yeah, yeah. you just have to blow really hard so mm -hmm. that the water doesn't come back in. Mm -hmm. But then once you get over that hurdle, like that, like oh, mental, physical, emotional hurdle, it's pretty, it's pretty chill. Like you're just coasting and it's quiet. It's very serene underwater. It's beautiful. There's just beings just floating around. Um, it, it, it perfect. I don't know. For me, it's you mentioned it as like a cloud, like a, a a blanket yeah. over you of depression. For me, it's like anxiety is like feeling like I'm underwater, but not being underwater. Mm. And so then being underwater, it's like oh okay, so this is what it feels like to actually be underwater. Yeah. So anytime I'm feeling anxious, I'm not actually underwater. I'm just need to focus on my breathing. Yeah, and what do you? How does that, how does that, that integration of energy feel like physically feel within you? Do you ever pay attention to that? The breathing? Like, like the, 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 the transitioning that, that anxious feeling, that, that anxious energy feeling into accepting that, like what, mm. have, have you ever thought about what that physically feels for you? Yeah. Sleepy. Mm. I get really, really tired when I'm not anxious because I think I've expended a lot of energy just mm. being anxious. And it's very funny. I'm like really an anxious person. I'm generally an anxious person. Yeah, like same, you, same. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I'm chill. I'm laid back. Yeah. But I'm fucking anxious about everything, man. I'm anxious about what I got to do, the next appointment. I'm anxious about fucking, did I do something wrong with something I submitted or something? Yeah. What's Brandon thinking about me as I'm talking? What's going to happen with this podcast if it's go out? Like, what the fuck is going out? Like, so many thoughts blown at once. And I think that's what I watch because I have something going on after this, and I'm like, fuck, like, am I missing this? Yeah, that's the devil, man. That's that's terrible for anxious people. Yeah, and every time you have it, I could see it. It doesn't go to sleep, so it's like I'm looking at it. It's like, oh, it's one sixteen. All right, we should probably wrap this up soon. No, 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 just rock, just rock. I got these these two voices going on in my head right now. Like, all right, we should wrap this up soon. It's like, no, 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 just chill, just Mac, just Mac, just Mac. Um, but yeah, when I'm like not anxious, I'm just sleepy. I'm just tired. I'm like relaxed. It's like, oh, finally, I can breathe. Um, and I think one of the best ways to really develop, like overcome that anxiety is by doing, it sounds like overrated. It sounds like kind of like corny and really like, just like, oh my God, everybody's fucking talking about it. But the ice plunge, I love the mm. cold water plunge. So mm. what I, Matilda and I've been doing is oh, nice. we haven't really been doing like ice plunges cause we don't have the accessibility to a tank and filling up with water and ice. We've just been taking like three minutes of the cold shower and just turning it all the way up to the mm. cold mm. and i fucking hate it and my panic attack starts settling in i start panicking mm. i actually like and that's actually part of it is you start to panic you know you start to hyperventilate <laughs> so you focus on controlling the breath the second thing i really want to start implementing is the sauna sauna is really good for you mm -hmm. um i don't know about the doing back and forth back and forth thing but at least doing that once a week too um that also seems to really relax me 
Um, then the third thing is just the general exercise. I think um, I have a decent exercise regimen, you know, strength training, but I'd like to just start expanding my horizons and getting into weightlifting, getting into getting back into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, oh, doing some yeah. boxing, you know, just pushing my body to new limits and kind of exhausting my body before I can create some anxiety. Yeah. 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 How I... So it's at times when I'm like feeling anxiety and panicked attacks coming in, it's like a, it's like a literally a physical pressure, like mm. in my throat or in my, like my chest in here. Yeah. And something, and by the way, I used to, Mary Jo Pilio, who I was talking about before the podcast lady, I actually did some like one-on-one sessions with her. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I was sick. But anyway, she, she was like doing some like energy work with me and said that like my heart chakra was like very powerful. Like that's where a lot of like, I, I store a lot of energy there. And so times when I'm feeling anxious and like really like panic attacky is coming in, when I'm just sit with it, I feel my my heart open up and just a f- a flood of just energy just like feels like it's just like spilling out here, and it's like, ah! <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> just fucking like my like the the energy of the universe is just flowing through my body and it's. It's, it's a very powerful feeling. And this goes back to that, what I said when we first started was, you know, you know, this, this meditating with, with feeling powerful mm-hmm. and like uh, picturing like this, like Viking being that I am, that, that I can just allow that energy to pass through. And like when I'm able to feel that energy flow go through me and I'm not judging it at all, I'm just letting, I'm being with it. I'm, I'm present with it. It's just the most like blissful experience mm. in the world, but it only happens. It only it only goes on for like three seconds, and then my mind kicks in. I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? Ah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like two seconds of just like, ah! <laughs> 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 you ever just like really. yell? No, no. It normally happens in the subway. Um, <laughs> well, I should say recently. <laughs> you should just yell. Just yell in the subway. Next time you're taking the subway, just start yelling. It's a perfectly normal thing to happen in New York. Yeah. It's yeah, perfectly true. normal. Yeah, actually, yeah. Very true. People will just be like, okay. I did it guy. once when we went hiking. We went to the Adirondacks, me and my best friend Top. Um, we went to the Adirondacks and uh, we were hiking and it was my first time hiking and we saw this one reveal, one opening and it was a pretty shitty view and I was like, fuck, this sucks. Mm. We really did all this hiking for this. Turns out it was just like, like it might have been the worst view. Like I think mm. it was one of the worst peaks. Damn. So then we went to the, the that was one of the five peaks that we were gonna yeah, do that yeah. day. So we went to the third, the second peak, and that was beautiful. It was mm. magnificent. We were really up. We were really high up. I think I don't know how high up. I think it was like four thousand feet, maybe thirty five hundred, thirty eight hundred feet of elevation. But the reveal, just standing out there and just seeing the whole wide world mm. i just went up there and i just yelled fuck fuck all that for that's fucking sick. finally this sick. yes dude i want to go on a hike right now let's do it dude now we should i we should plan that out man we should actually yeah. plan that out when i'd love to go on a hike with Same. you and K- caitlin yeah, yeah caitlin caitlin matilda took her on a hike went to the somewhere in maine i forgot the name acadia Acadia. thank you that's actually one no, mount desert island the 
uh, Cadillac Mountain. Yes. You ever been to that? Yeah, dude. That was my childhood like vacation was to. Right. Because you grew up in upstate New York. Yeah. How far is that from there? No, it's, it's decently far. It's like seven hours. Still seven hours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like eight it's, hours from us. Yeah. yeah, that was beautiful. I love that place. Mm. It was really nice. It's gorgeous. We caught the sunrise. <sighs> yeah. It was early and cold, but it was beautiful. It was worth it. Dude, being in New York, you kind of forget about the beauty of just Mother Nature. You think that might play a role in it also? The fact that we're living in New York. Mm. There's just so much going on. There's a lot of, yeah. We're very hustle-oriented. Yeah. yeah. If you're not making $700,000 a year, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? True. And that's kind of like the feeling that we all get. Mm -hmm. So we just work as hard as mm -hmm. we possibly can. And not to mention that it's very expensive to live in New York. Oh, yeah. Although we live in Jersey City, New Jersey. <clears throat> Shout out New Jersey. <laughs> Jersey. Dude, I got into the conversation with Omar. <laughs> yeah. No, not Omar. It was Jorge. But the other time I did it, I was with Omar. <laughs> All New Yorkers. And I love like just chopping, yeah. just chopping it up with them and just like busting their chops. Let's say about how great New Jersey is because, you know, New Yorkers fucking hate New Jersey. I don't know why, man. And, you know, it seems like. Every time I'm on this podcast, I can't help but advocate for Jersey. I know. I can't help but advocate for it. Yeah. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal's from New York, New Jersey. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yep. Oh, shit. He was six foot 10 when he was 16. Yeah. And from New York, New Jersey. Let's go. Chris Rock is from Jersey. I also did not know that. Yep. Another great that's from Jersey. Yeah. Um, John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Oh, Obviously. I also did not. But Frank I Sinatra. I like Jersey City. Hoboken is almost like New It's just New York, but just like New York's little nice brother on the other side. It's, it's like a little yes. nicer, let's be honest. Yes. It's not as dirty. It is. It's a little it cozier. It is. More space. <laughs> yes, dude. It, not as many like, people. It's like the, the secret, you know? Yeah. I, I feel yeah, like yeah. we need to like enjoy it while it lasts because I feel like everyone in New York City is going to be like, wait. I don't think so. New Jersey City is actually nicer than here. No, I don't think so. There. People are still going to bag on Jersey. I hope. They're still yeah, going to bag. I hope. And I'll keep living where Fucking I am. JR the other day, um, <laughs> he was like, how long does it take you to get here from Jersey? I'm like, like 30, 40, 30 20 minutes. Depends. Yeah. 20, it could be 20. It could yeah. be 40. Yeah. But like average 30 minutes. Yeah. like, oh, dude, I always thought that Jersey was like like a, a long ass trip, like an hour long. No. Because... You know, it's a different state. It's like, nah, dude, it's so close in proximity to New yeah. York. It's, I'm not going to say it, but in a way, Jersey City and, um, yeah, Jersey City and Hoboken are pretty much like the sixth borough in my opinion. I mean, it, if it wasn't a different state, it would be. Right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right. But fucking Staten Island and Queens yeah. make yeah. the cut. Why can't? Brooklyn, too. I mean, we're, we're the Brooklyn of the... On the other side of the island, yeah, dude. Don't don't tell me, man. Fucking. <laughs> did you know that New York City is actually an island? I did know that. I didn't know that yeah. until like last year. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there's actually there's apparently like a what is it a river that cuts across up? Yeah, you got rivers on both sides, and then you have something on the north side. Yeah, something on the north side that cuts it off. Must be a river or something. Yeah, which makes sense because I always wondered why the people like the zombies from mm. I Am Legend. Mm. Why do they have to shoot down the bridges if they can just, you know, go up and then go around? But apparently not. Apparently you just shoot down the bridges and yeah, you get isolated a, there. If there's a zombie apocalypse and you're in New York City, or if you're in Manhattan, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's really scaring me is this nuclear, potential uh, for nuclear war. Yeah. 
Because, you know, one of the places that they're going to be aiming those bombs, oh, yeah. those missiles are. Is oh, 100%. New York City. Yep. Boom, done. Yeah. Quick, and Quick way to be. Go out. Yeah, dude. And we're right there. So we're just going to get a nice view of it. For like As, a millisecond. Yeah. And then, you know, we can. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Fucking scary, man. <laughs> dude, it's scary stuff what's happening with that. With like the big major powers. Yeah. yeah. That, I think uh, R- Russia and China just decided to make some oil deals using the yen i think they use the yen in china mm, yeah which is something that's kind of new because for the longest time like oil was traded in dollars mm. so there a lot of the countries are starting to um step away from the dollar from using the dollar as their mm. currency mm. like el salvador for example uses dollars mm. um but i'm sure that Nayib bukele is probably going to want to distance himself away from it because of the shit that he got mm. from um number one the humanitarian things that he I don't want to call them humanitarian violations, but I guess alleged because El Salvador was a very uh, violent mm. country up until Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, came in and arrested thousands and thousands of gang members, regardless of whether they were guilty or not. Mm. Like, it was a very quick process. It was, oh, you're wearing a tattoo that says MS-13? Mm. Jail. Mm. Straight to jail. Oh, you're friends with so-and-so? Jail. Oh, you're the son of a gang member? with a tattoo on you, even though you're 12, jail. So again, a lot of humanitarian violations, potential, potential. Again, alleged. I don't know. I'm not going to ever say anything concrete. But, you know, he also did this thing with Bitcoin where he, like, uh, accepted it as a national tender. Oh, really? Yeah, so you you can use Bitcoin to, like, buy pupusas in El Salvador. It's kind of nutty. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, um, It doesn't seem stable. Yeah, definitely not. But you, you got to buy the dip, man. Just buy the dip. <laughs> By the way, this is not financial advice. Yeah. Nope. We are not a member of FINRA or no. SEC. Although I was an economics major in college. You were. So what are your thoughts on everything that's happening right now? I honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Really yeah, dude, pretty... you should uh, get some Bloomberg. I love listening, watching Bloomberg, mm. Insider Business News. Um, I don't know. I grew up around the news a lot. My mom put on the news a lot. Mm. Um, but it was the Spanish news. Mm. So I naturally gravitate towards the news, even though it really has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Eh, it does have something to do with you, mm. but down to the micro scale, not that relevant. Not super relevant. But. All right. Anyways, man, thank you for coming. Um, going to have you back soon. Oh, let's go. You know, we've talked about one day doing psychedelics while doing this pod and talking about life and spirituality. So one day it may happen. That would be amazing. Um, until then, tune in next time. Chica chica.